Welcome to Gen Z Hoops, the Gen Z basketball coaching and sports business show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Hey, I'm Lou. What's going on? What's up, John? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, really excited to have you on. Obviously, uh, we got connected to our mutual friend, Aspasia, and she's uh, re- really excited we got to finally do this and, and, uh, and have a quick talk about all the cool stuff you're up to. Um, really, just to start things off, I wanted to kind of take it back to kind of what your high school career was like and how that prepared you to be such a dominant college player. Yeah, high school, high school was kind of ups and downs. You know, I started at Christ the King, and that was one of the top programs in the country. And um, I ended up transferring to St. Francis Prep, first actually Cathedral, and then St. Francis Prep, which is where I actually had a really good career, but I had to sit out my sophomore year. So I only played three years in high school. And um, I think what King did for me was good because it put me on varsity right away and I kind of knew how it felt to be out there with these older girls and kind of get a groove of the girls who were about to go play division one basketball. You know, I was on a team with five girls going division one and then I went to St. Francis Prep and I was in a great community. I loved it there. Um, you know, it was hard at times. We, we, we weren't as good when we first started and then we kind of each year progressively got a lot better and we built this program at St. Francis Prep who actually recently just won a championship. So that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, I, I went to the McDonald's game, Jordan Brand. Those were really amazing experiences that prepared me for college, you know, and um, I had a blast in high school. I mean, of course. And then there's also, whether it's winning, uh, winning, being a McDonald's All-American, MVP of the Jordan Classic, a lot of cool things that, uh, that were going on there. What, what kind of happened in, maybe in that Jordan MVP Classic? And like, what, what were some of those experiences like playing with the best uh, high, high school players in the country? Oh, it was amazing. I, I loved it. I, you know, I made friends who I still talk to to this day. You know, you have that connection with girls that are on different teams, so you get to experience a little bit of everything just talking to them. But, no, yeah, playing in that game was awesome. Everybody was so good. It was like – I mean, playing that game was kind of like my little pre-draft to how college was going to feel like because I'm going to a school with very top-level talent, and I'm going to play against one of the hardest conferences in the country. So I'm playing against girls who are all – most are going to the league after their senior years and stuff like that. So those games actually prepared me – um, a lot for college and yeah, it was kind of like a little pre-draft of it. Awesome. And then through all those experiences, what was the decision like to go to Syracuse? It took a while. I actually didn't commit till I was a senior, but they recruited me. They were one of the first few schools that recruited me since I was a freshman. And um, I just felt like Syracuse was going to take care of me in the times I didn't have my head on street. You know, I, I've had a long journey in basketball, I have no problem talking about the fact that I've matured tremendously in four years. You can ask Aspasia that, she'll tell you. No, so, yeah, I mean, Syracuse just, it was the place that I thought if I might have made a mistake or a mess up, they wouldn't cut me out right away, you know. So, and they haven't. I'm here. I'm doing well here. I love you here. Uh, Really nice people. Great environment. Of course, and you've been playing great recently, basically averaging a double-double over the last few games, having a a streak of them in a row. Um, Which of these last few games kind of really stuck out to you and are you really proud of having? Clemson. I can't get over Clemson right now. And I think it's because we came back down 30 to go into overtime. And I don't, I don't, I don't care that we lost in the form of saying that that's the game that is like stuck in my head. Um, But because I think Clemson was what allowed us to 
get pit by 20. You know, we, we got into a close game at the end of pit and then we ended up winning the last four minutes by 25. So we kind of learned from Clemson and put that into the pit game. So it's games like that where like, you know, I, I played well, my team played well that kind of motivate me. Definitely. And then obviously you have such a passion for the game and, you know, sparking a a run to tie up a game when you're down by 25, 30 points says a lot about that. But with all that passion, who's someone that maybe you you looked up to that you kind of got that competitive fire from? Uh, When I was growing up before, uh, when I was in high school, I loved watching Breonna Stewart play. I did. And then I found out she was a Syracuse girl, like from Syracuse, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, I really love her game. I don't know. She's a lot taller than me, but I feel like we're similar in the terms of we're both versatile. We have that kind of game going. Her and, and if I ever pick a men's um, player from the NBA, I always go for KD. I feel like his versatility is pretty awesome too. I also like Kevin Love. I feel like he's he's kind of resembles me too. Like he gets rebounds and he can shoot, you know, but Brianna Stewart, women's wise, is definitely someone I've looked up to for a while. Good player. Of course, great player. And then obviously versatility is a huge thing for you. How important is it for you to not just stick to to one side of the game and, and kind of be so well-versed and, and have all these different weapons you can choose from? Um, I wouldn't be in college. <laughs> I swear I wouldn't be here. Um, when I got to high school my freshman year, my coaches kind of told me, like, you have to be – you have an IQ where you can pass. So you need to be able to handle the ball. And you need to get more of – a three-point shot you need to fix your form and you need to basically become a three a guard a four and I was kind of like Oof, it's a little late in the game now don't you think I was old I was like 14 my my biggest change in my skill set was from eighth grade to my junior year in high school so I learned how to be a guard and I kept on getting better when I got to college and it's actually probably one of the better things that anybody could do I just think this game has evolved so much that all the bigs now really are guards that are tall. So you kind of have to do it to be able to play at the next level. Definitely now a requirement instead of just something that, you know, you could have. You definitely need to be able to, to do everything. Um, and, and when it comes to your playing style, I mean, some call you the X Factor, Syracuse's X Factor, SB Nation. I read that they're saying this is going to be your breakout year. What's so different about this season for you than the season's past? I think the difference for me about this season is that we have, like, this group of 14, 13, 14 girls who are all exceptional basketball players. You know, from the bench to the bread of the starting lineup, we're all we're all really good basketball players. So when you can play well with other good players, I feel like it actually really helps you stand out. But um, a lot of teams, I don't think a lot of people can do that. You know, I grew up in AAU and I watched a lot of girls leave basketball teams because they were afraid to encounter playing with someone just as good because, you know, it's competition, like you want to get recruited. But in college, you need to learn how to be able to play with other good players or you're never going to win a basketball game. So I think I think I love I love playing with good basketball players. I love a good point guard who can see me cut. I love playing with big, good big girls who know how to cast my passes. So that 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 I think is why this year is going to be a good year for me. Definitely. Surrounding yourself with good teammates is so important. It has me thinking, now that you're a junior, being an upperclassman with veteran experience on the team, What's it like kind of having uh, switching roles, being going from underclassman to upperclassman and, and being more of a mentor to the young, the freshman coming in when, as opposed to when you were in those shoes just a year to two years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> we have seven freshmen and they're all unique kids. They're good kids. They're good basketball players. It's weird because I really like, I feel like I'm someone that they can come to, but I'm not necessarily the most loud person on the court who's always telling, you know, clapping their hands, telling people to clap or telling this play and that. I've never really been that person, even if my game shows like this leadership trait. I'm a little more quieter, but 
I feel like they know they can come to me and I've, I've done everything I can to be there for them and explain my scenarios growing up when I was a freshman and sophomore, which has helped them, I feel like, kind of find their own groove here. So, yeah, it's been good. Definitely so important to be able to help others in whatever, in whatever way you can. It's not always about being the most vocal person in the room. It's about being the most supportive for sure. Um, thinking of the whole team as a whole. So um, NC, I don't know, I'm not sure if, if anyone's mentioned it, but NCAA March Madness Bracketology has Syracuse the sixth seed um, in your respective region going into March Madness. How do you think that you, you, you all as a team can help, can try to exceed those expectations going into this uh, middle to late stretch of the season? Well, first of all, <laughs> We're not, I think we're going to be a higher seed than that. And I just think we've taken a little a little hit recently. I think we're the best team in the conference. I think even if we lose another two games, we're going to win the chip for the ACC tournament, and that's what's going to put us in the third or fourth seed. But a little bias. But I do – I really think we're so amazing. We're a good basketball team. Um, and I think we'll definitely make the tournament if we keep putting our heads to it. It's all about focus, especially with Corona right now. I think the biggest thing that's getting to teams is distractions. You know, little little nitpicky things that kind of take you off the course that you're worrying about that you have to because it's important. But you forget about the fact that we're doing all this to play the game. And if, if we're not going to do all this and not play well, then there's no point of us doing it at all. So we just need to stay focused and we'll be fine. What's it like then when you're bringing up COVID, playing in a, in a gym that you're used to having thousands of fans in, and now all these past few games you've had to play in, in an empty gym. How is that like for the team kind of in overcoming that? Because it's interesting how you can have so many distractions with COVID and then that kind of took away the distraction of fans, but also kind of how you might get your energy. Yeah, it's been really, it's been weird. I didn't get home for Christmas. I haven't seen my family really. I know the foreign girls haven't been home in a year. It's been really weird. It's hard. It's hard for the players mentally and I and the coaching staff and the administration. But um, basketball-wise, I actually, I thought the fan thing was going to be really weird because, you know, the Dome is big. It's so fun to have all the people there. But actually, I feel a little more focused. I mean, regardless, I'm going to play my game. But you know, nobody's screaming and talking to you all the time, especially on away games, even though some places still have a little bit of fans, but not as much volume or booing when we're away. So that's helpful, I guess, on the road. But I mean, I think I just got used to it at this point. I kind of don't even recognize if there's fans. Sometimes like we'll go to a game, for example, uh, UNC can have fans. And I didn't know because my godmother lives up there. So I, I didn't I didn't leave her a ticket because I didn't think there were going to be fans. I didn't even notice the whole game until the end. When we were walking off, I was like, there are people here. I was like, oh, I could have told my godmother. But no, like you kind of just, it just is what it is now. I feel like we're so used to this pandemic world, you know? Definitely. Everyone's, it's become the new normal and everyone's kind of acclimated to it. Um, what, one last question before we wrap up. What's something now after, after you know, two full seasons of playing, uh, finishing up the third one now, all of this entire basketball career behind you, what's some advice you'd have given to yourself a few years ago, maybe, and something that you think will help you progress even further down the line? I definitely would have taught myself how to not worry about things I can't control. I think that's a big thing when you're passionate about a sport. You worry about everything. You worry about the fans. You worry about what your mom's going to say after the game. You worry about what your coach is going to say in the sideline. You worry about the refs, the calls. And, of course, now still, like, I react a little bit to calls. Everybody does. But I'm I'm just a whole different player, you know. I, I feel like I really practice that every day in my regular daily life. You know, just it's a, it's a good social skill not to worry about the kick control. And I'm bringing it on the court now, and I, I feel like it's helped me so much. It's actually, I think, is what's going to be the deal breaker of me going to the league or not going to the league. I think that's what was holding me back. 
And if I can, like last game, I had a terrible percentage. I had ended up playing an okay game, but my percentage was bad. I was three for 11. But if I if I played where I was trying to worry about everything I couldn't control, I wouldn't have been able to finish out with 12 points or whatever the case is, I'm saying. But a long time ago, I, I would have given up, you know, because I would have been just so mad that nothing was falling, you know, but... It's not like that anymore. I'm really happy about that. I think that's a lesson a lot of people should put into their lives as athletes because it's something that I feel like happens to us all the time with the pressure, you know? Definitely. Even outside of athletics, it's something that can take such a toll on someone and, and really take them off, off, their, off their game on the court or, or off it. So, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. This was absolutely awesome. I mean, it was just the, I really felt the energy and I really enjoyed talking to you. So I really appreciate you coming on and I can't wait to, to talk soon. Maybe we'll play basketball sometime when uh, I'm with Greg hey. and Ospa sometime. I'm down. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.